0: Welcome back to The Perfect Podcast. Jack will be uh, taking the reins today, so what are we uh, kicking us off with?
1: So, um, we have three or four predictions, depending on how long with predictions I said it again. Topics. Um, topics. We're going yep. for
0: topics this week.
1: <laughs> so, um, the first topic is... Um, like, so as, as we were kids, you know, we collected yep. match attacks or, you oh, know, like
0: sticker. Blast from the Past. That.
1: This season,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I took it upon myself to get a sticker book. Yes. What do you think of that?
0: <laughs> okay, so, as a football fan, it obviously growing up it was always part of my childhood to have a sticker book a panini sticker book or a match attacks album every year for the new season and then often twice a year when the Euros come out or the World Cup was out (coughs) so I I don't know I don't blame you to be honest with you it's I don't see why you can't still have a bit of fun at your age and you know I don't see a problem with it to be honest with you but you know it was more for when we were about 11 years old and trying to swap stickers and match attacks.
1: Yeah, I understand that. Um, but basically, <laughs> what I've done is I've got a sticker book for obviously like when I first open the packs and get him. Yeah. If I get any swaps, and I have a, a second book to put the swaps in. Because obviously nobody my age is going to really be collecting
0: them. <laughs> Not as far as I'm aware.
1: That's what that's what I'm saying. Like nobody I know that is my age is going to be is like collecting. So I might as well just get another book and just put put this box in that book as (laughs) well.
0: Yeah, that uh, that would be uh, yeah.
1: (laughs) The next um the next Euros or World Cup, I'm going to be collecting them again.
0: So next year, hopefully.
1: Yeah, hopefully yeah.
0: Or maybe even this year. Didn't they put the Euros back to this year?
1: It was meant to be this year, yeah, but I don't think they're going to be doing it.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: So, yeah, obviously. You'll have two I on just, the go. I just, I just thought I'd bring that up, obviously. Yeah. You, you obviously already knew. Because yeah. i told you before. You told me,
0: yeah.
1: Just to that everybody else knows that I am 17 years old and collect stickers. <laughs> you no. <know>, Seven- 17 <laughs> years old.
0: 17 going on three.
1: Yeah. My mental, my mental age is about five, so I'm not far
0: off. That's either. fair enough. My mental age is about nine, I'd say that's pretty generous, yeah, probably yeah
1: then <laughs> there that was quite a short topic, yeah, you know, so the next one I think it's gonna i think you're gonna we're gonna talk for a little bit longer
0: okay safe standing in football, oh, okay, I'm kind of glad that you've brought this up to be honest with you because I have had my fair share of safe standing at League Two grounds, um, two of which are at Crington Stanley and Barry. Not Barry, Barnet. That's the one. <laughs> I was Not Barry.
1: You have been to stabby.
0: At Crington Stanley and Barnet. I was thinking Northern clubs. That's what I was thinking when I said Crington yeah. Stanley, and I thought, oh, Barry's just you know a couple of miles down the road. No, Crington Stanley and Barnet. Um, at the time. We were playing in League Two. I think the rules are when you get to the Championship, that has to be all seating. I think. Yeah,
1: I think, I think so. I'm not too sure.
0: And so, obviously, if Accrington Stanley go up this year, they will have to change that stand. Well, yeah, their standing area for the <laughs> the away side. Um. But I personally believe safe standing is possible. Um, uh, when it comes to safe standing, I think the one of the biggest issues was the Hillsborough disaster. Yeah. And that was obviously a catastrophic event and it's... I, I don't know. I think the failings came both from the fans and the police, personally. I think it was yeah. just... I think it was poorly organised and more people were getting in than there were places to stand, hence why there was a massive crush. Um I believe had you know if I I personally believe safe standing can work. But it
1: can, yeah, I think like in the lower leagues mm, I think it'd be better.
0: But you have to I think the cap should stay on the championship. When you get to the championship then you have to all be seated. But I do think yeah, safe standing that. can work and I do think they should incorporate it. Um, like, they... I'm pretty sure a couple of years ago they had a a plan for the Cobblers to have safe standing. Obviously, yeah, that, was, um... that hasn't come into fruition yet. But I had seen, like, the designs for it and I had seen, yeah. like, the images and stuff like that. And it would work, because they'd they'd still have, like, the numbered places, like, as if you'd sit down there, like, you have numbered seats, but the seats just wouldn't be there, you know? And I think it could work. I think it could work if it was organised properly, and like I said, we had the numbered seats there, there just wasn't any seats. Because you get some fans, like I'm sure you'll agree with me, where we just want to stand, you know? Yeah. I can't be asked to sit down for ninety minutes. Like I'm a very passionate football fan, as Jack has probably picked up on over the past couple of years. Um but um yeah. when when you're so passionate, like we talk about sometimes the North Stand, I don't know what that's like anymore, but when I used to go we you know, it was kinda passionate. And then you look at the top left hand side of the west stand,
1: they're yeah, very yeah, the passionate. West- yeah.
0: Yeah. But, if you look at those types of players, supporters, those are the supporters that would want to stand up. Those are the supporters that do stand up. But, I just don't understand how it works. Because, obviously, quite a few supporters in the North stand used to like standing up. Me included. But, we couldn't do that. Because, most of the supporters there were wanting to sit down. Which, you know, is fair enough. But, this is where I think safe standing comes in. Is because if you can have a safe standing area, then everyone's on the same sheet and you won't get people moaning that you're stood up or this, that and the other. Do you know what I mean? And Yeah. I just I think <clears throat> personally, this gonna sound stupid to some people, but unless you're a diehard football fan, I don't think you'd understand. But being stood up, it helps you create more of an atmosphere. For those of yeah. for those of you that don't follow football probably think that's a load of bullshit you probably think, well, why can't you support your team sat down? But if you're a diehard football fan, you will realise that when you're sat down, you're not really cheering your team on to victory. You're just kind of sat there watching a football game. But as a football fan, a diehard football fan, you want to cheer your team on to victory. You want to get behind the team. You want to criticise them when they fuck up, basically. You want to be able to put the passion into the game and cheer. You know, And you see that with Liverpool. If you have a look this season, I'm not talking about all the injuries and stuff. It's just the fact that the fans aren't in the stadium. Their performance is just a... You just don't see the passion there anymore. Do you know what I mean? They don't seem to have the desire to win. Whereas if you had the cop there, you had everyone in the cop, no matter how many injuries they have, no matter how many people they have out due to illnesses or anything like that, they would still put 110 times more passion and desire into the game I just personally believe that ever since fans have been out of the stadium then the the degree of skill in football has kind of deteriorated a bit there's no passion there there's no desire and I can see that in the Cobblers as well
1: yeah with the um, the state standard thing at Sixfields, obviously where the, the block that it was going to be is where my season ticket is yeah so if I'd got an email, um, like all about it, saying yeah. like if I'd want to move my season ticket or if I'd want it to like carry on mm-hmm. like how it is. Um, and obviously I did the survey and stuff and said about the safe standard. Yeah, um, I did that. And as well. I would enjoy it. I would enjoy it. That's, yeah. When, yeah, that's when you had a season ticket, wasn't yeah. it? That
0: was back yeah. when I actually had a season ticket before I got a job. <laughs> um,
1: yeah. So obviously, um, I think. Yeah. I think at six it would work.
0: Oh, definitely in the north stand. I think it would work.
1: Yeah, that's the fact that the people from the the south, no, west stand. Yeah, if it was, if everyone that wanted to stand mm. would have to be in one, like, one stand. I don't yeah. think they'd want to move from where they are.
0: No, because they're closer to the away fans. They like to have a bit of argy bargy.
1: <laughs> yeah, so that that uh, that's the only thing that wouldn't really work.
0: Mm. I think. I think that's part of the reason why it didn't actually happen was the fact that most of the people in the north stand enjoyed sitting. The people, yeah. the few people that did like standing, it was kind of like a vote, and it was a democratic vote. And basically, the more people liked to sit than stand, and they said, "Well, we're not just we're just not going to build it then." And you know, the the survey was open to everyone. It was put on Facebook groups and it was put on Twitter, so you were every anyone and everyone could. Participate in it, but like you said, you'd put your name in, you'd put your season ticket seat in, so say row G, seat 40, or whatever, and then you'd put your version of events across. You'd say, Well, I like safe standing, or you know, and why, and why you enjoy sitting if you enjoy sitting. Do you know what I mean? And I think because of that survey, you know,
1: originally it was the season two golders that got the the original email. that had the original email, and then, yeah. like, I think, like, a week later... It was opened whole... up. Yeah, yeah, so... There's, obviously, season ticket holders got mm. their view first, but then, obviously, yeah. everyone else just kind of chipped in. and Yeah. Technically, I'd say fucked it for us.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, obviously, like, I think safe standard would work. I still think they should have the cap on the championship because that's when you get to a level of... That's too many people, and you might end up with another Hillsborough disaster. Personally, yeah. But for little clubs, I do. I say little in a broad sense, like Accrington Stanley, us. You know, maybe even like Oldham, Berry, who you know, when they. But <laughs> for smaller clubs like that, League One, League Two, I think the safe standing could work. You know. And like, when I mean, you, do you remember when we went to Portsmouth? Yeah. No one was sat down for that match.
1: Yeah, no
0: one. Do you know what I mean? And nobody died, nobody got crushed, you know, and we all had allocated seats. And I think it works, you know? As long as it's organised the right way, I think it works. And it would work for the lower league clubs. But like I said, get to the Championship, get to the Premier League, it, it just wouldn't be viable. But that's when you get the problems, because you'll get teams like Accrington or Burton. Accrington, Burton, they'll have a, a surprise spell in League One, get promoted to the Championship. Then they've got to change the whole seating arrangement around, because they surprisingly... Or Wickham, surprisingly made it into the Championship. You know, And if they had safe standing, they'd have to bring the seats in, then they'd get relegated, and they'd probably want safe standing back. You know, It would just cost too much money to trans do that sort of switch.
1: I mean, I guess if it's, like, a stadium that isn't, that, like, I'd say maybe twenty to 25,000. So you're doing a max anything capacity? That, then, yeah. Okay. I'd say maybe anything under, like, twenty hmm. to 25,000. How possibly?
0: many, so how many standing would you have?
1: Um, That depends on the stadium already.
0: Okay. Would you have, like, a way standing, or do you think that should all be seated? because See, not- when we went to Accrington we had that they had the north stand as we would call it we had the east and south stand um because it's quite a small club the stadium was really small the east stand literally had like seven or eight rows of seats in it you know and the north stand was um standing but yeah. we could choose which we wanted to go in um Because, you know, we were originally allocated to, like, the north side, the south side of things, where the standing was. But it was quite a a windy day, quite a cold day. So we we asked, like, could we move over there? And they said, yeah, sure. And we moved over into, like, the seated, sheltered area. Do you know what I mean?
1: That's, like, cruelly as well.
0: But that was, like, that was the away side. But the home fans had all seated. So, you know, and, like, at the Cobblers, if you were going to put Safe standing at the cobbler's. I don't know. Would would everyone of the away side want to stand, or would some of them want to sit? Or could you do um, like sitting at the front and standing at the back, or vice versa?
1: I mean, you do kind of see most of the people in the away stand in the way and standing at the back. Yeah. So maybe that could work.
0: You know. So. uh, there's all these things you've got to think about. And like like you said, twenty to twenty five thousand max capacity stadium could have standing. Um how many would be allowed to stand because obviously too many, then you could end up with a crush, but too little and there's no point having it there.
1: I mean the the big thing that was when the Hillsborough disaster happened is that there was metal fences. Yeah. That so would be easier to get out. Mm. Okay. Like nowadays, but yeah. then again, the hustle of having fans on the pitch and
0: everything. Mm, yeah. there's be- all health and safety, isn't it? Safety towards the yeah. stewards, safety towards the players, safety towards the fans. And you know, I think at the Cobblers, if you think about it, we have what over 7,000 capacity currently. That's if or when we get the new stand built, could go up to like 9,000. Yeah. Depending on what they do with it. Um, So say we take the old stadium without the new stand being built. It was just over 7,000 capacity.
1: It It was the exact same as it is now.
0: Yeah. So when we figured it out, I think we figured out that the North and South stand had a little over, like, 1,000 fans in it. Um, yeah, I think... So that would have been two or three... I think that was about 3,000. And then, like... the. I think we had, like... Actually, no. I'm pretty sure it was, like, 1,900 for the North and South.
1: Which, what added together?
0: No, no, individually.
1: How would that work, then? But
0: then you had...
1: Individually, that's 3.8. And then Mm -hmm. the West stand is a lot bigger than...
0: Yeah, no, but... Mm. So,
1: I thought the West stand was about 3.5. And Um... then seven fifty with the away ends and then however Mm. many in the other stands. But I don't know.
0: I was thinking, like, 1.5 for the North and South. That's 3,000. Yeah. That leaves you like four thousand and somewhat left, yeah. Then I yeah. thought there was like I don't know a thousand in the east stand, and then that leaves with three
1: thousand and something
0: like
1: near
0: mm. west. Or is it like two thousand in the east stand? I don't know. Four thousand in the west, and then five hundred, five hundred or some shit?
1: I think there's a lot more than five. No, I know that.
0: I know there's a lot more than I don't know actually. Okay. Yeah. I mean, well. Yeah. If you think about it, I think there's like a hundred and ten, hundred and twenty seats across the north stand.
1: Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think. And uh,
0: then how many rows? Row J, I think, or K, something like that.
1: I think. Yeah, I think so. But then you you need to remember.
0: So it's like that, one th- a little over a thousand.
1: Then you do need to remember that like, halfway. The row that row A is for the disabled
0: people. So So. I I think it goes up to like row K. So that's ten rows of seating. So I think yeah, there's a little over a thousand seats in the north and south stand. So that's about two thousand. Say two. Say two thousand one hundred. Yeah. Then that leaves you with about five thousand.
1: So I'd, I'd say about three point five in. That's the That's what I'd west. say about
0: three point five in the west and one point five in the east. Yeah, seems about right.
1: Yeah, because there are some dotted seats and yeah, yeah, full of people that would. So yeah, disabled.
0: like going back to our original point before we started the uh, maths lesson, how many would be an acceptable amount to be standing? Because think about the north stand; that's a little over a thousand, and I think that would be. Pretty capable to hold safe standing. Yeah. I I would put a, I would personally put a cap on. Maybe 2000, two thousand two point five.
1: What dependent on how big the stadium is, or yeah,
0: like depending on how big the stadium is depends on how big you can have your safe standing. But yeah. I would put a cap at two point five, no matter how big the stadium is. Oh okay. Because, what, in
1: one stand?
0: Yeah.
1: So you could have two stands with say standing?
0: Theoretically, yeah. But I don't think that would work because obviously... So, but yeah, so, I would say yeah, theoretically.
1: Like, you know like teams like Norwich that have mm. the fans not behind the goal? Yeah. So just, just say if the away fans are in the family stand. Mm. We could have the north in, South stand as yep. safe standing first, and then have yeah. the that standards. Yeah. Okay. That ma- yeah. yeah. That makes a bit sense. Yeah, that just makes
0: sense. So then you could ha- still have, you know, obviously I'd say each team does a survey like we did to make sure that safe standing yeah. is the right is the right thing for them, because then they'll get an estimate of how many people would want to be safe standing and how many people would buy safe standing season tickets. Yeah. So because
1: like non league, that is literally just <laughs> that relies on safe standing that, like oh yeah, that's just standard it works, because obviously they don't have as many fans, but if it can work there then there's surely a way that we can work around it in the football league.
0: Definitely. Definitely. There has to be a way, obviously, but
1: obviously there is like how many clubs can you think of that have stay standing? Because I can obviously think of well,
0: obviously Barnet have gone down, so they're not in the league anymore. There's so obviously Accrington,
1: Salford do, fully do. That's three. Yeah. I could think. Of. The Morecambe.
0: I'm not sure. I thought
1: like Morecambe's home funds might. Yeah, to be honest. So I, th- I, I'll say I think Morecambe do. So I say Morecambe. Um that's about it like, I can think of yeah
0: there's not many not many at all Burton Burton so
1: that's mm. five yeah there's, yeah there's, there's a handful there's
0: a handful not many but enough <laughs> yeah but you know I, I personally believe that it, if it works for you then why not
1: yeah I mean yeah fans fans, fans will want to sit they'll sit in the yeah, the seat, but yeah. if you want to stand you'll stand you know what I mean like, yeah Because nobody's... I don't sit down at Sixfields and I don't get told to sit down. No. Because the bit I'm in, everyone stands. So, that's Mm,
0: fine. Yeah, yeah.
1: No, we'll we'll, we'll leave Stay standing for now. Okay. Um, What are we moving on to? The main part, and obviously this is going to be our specialty... Our little um, main segment. Everything that has happened in the past week with... Northampton Town. Okay, starting off on Wednesday. Yep. When Keith Cole got sacked.
0: Well, it was announced that Keith Cole got sacked. <laughs> yeah. He would have been sacked on the Tuesday, I reckon. Because he didn't. Game, he yeah. didn't do a post-match interview or anything like that.
1: I mean, it was in the it was in the ch- changing room for about two hours after the game. Yeah, he
0: was. So that With was play, that pretty was much the... says that he was sacked that night, really.
1: But it happened at Oxford as well. You, like we lost the ball to Oxford and it was in the change room. Yeah. For
0: an hour oh, yeah. Well, he so, wouldn't be in the change room, he would go back to his private area. <laughs> he wouldn't want, so he he wouldn't, yeah. yeah. But, yeah.
1: Was this the right time to sack him?
0: Right. I'm going to go, I'm going to mention Facebook quite a bit. Um, okay. So, obviously, me and you were both part of multiple groups on Facebook regarding the cobblers. And I have had multiple views on it. I've had people say it was a bad time to sack him. Maybe they should have sacked him before the summer. Not before the summer, before the transfer window, should I say. I've had people say, oh, they should have given him a bit more time. I've had people say it's the perfect time. Um, I've also watched Kelvin Thomas, his reaction and his explanation as to why he did it. I think he gave a very important point, is... He wanted to give Keith Curl as much of a chance to keep the cobblers up as possible. That's why he gave him the transfer window. After okay. the transfer window, he was given two weeks, a week and a bit, after the transfer window, and he just kept losing games. He wasn't getting the results. He got one draw when Akron- Crinton well, came to town. You know, after the transfer window, he just wasn't performing with the players that he said he'd got in with the players that he'd targeted and he'd completed those targets. I think that's the most embarrassing bit for him is the fact that the players he got in were his targets and he got those targets, but they just weren't performing. And I think that was the last straw for Kelvin Thomas there was the fact that he'd got all of his targets and still a week and a bit later, he's not performing. He's not creating those opportunities and we're looking worse than ever.
1: See, with um, with his target, I think it was very, very poor management from him, bringing the players in, he did. Yeah. The only one I can say that he did a good Mm. job on was Peter Chioso from Newton.
0: Okay. Lloyd Jones. The only...
1: That was before the transfer window, though. Okay. So, in the transfer window, Mm. the only player that we bring in that I can say, Heathcote, you've done... How how have you brought him in? Okay. Peter Kiosta from Luton. Yeah, He's the only one. Okay, we I see that. we Morris. Yep. Okay. Yeah, he looks okay, but realistically, Is... no, he's a League Two player. Okay. Um, who else we bring in? Michael Miller. He yep. looked good. He's all right. Got injured.
0: But yeah. Got injured he's hoping right to be away. back soon, though. So.
1: Vine Edmundson.
0: I don't. He's good. just done nothing, has he?
1: He looks. He's literally Harry Smith.
0: He's do, he's just done nothing. To be honest with you. He's not created any chances. Obviously, he's not scored any goals because we haven't scored any. Uh, he's just not doing it. Um, so, what about you? Do you think it was the right time to sack him? Do you think we should have sacked him before, later? I
1: think we should have sacked him last season.
0: <laughs> um, I'm
1: being, I'm, I'm, I'm deadly, I'm being deadly
0: i i I, I can see why you say that. I mean, we were pro. I, I stick by my statement that we were promoted through sheer dumb luck. Yeah. We were promoted, my dad seems to think it was by one goal. I know it was either one point or one goal above Port Vale.
1: Yeah, it was a goal, yeah.
0: We were promoted by one goal, and I also heard on the grapevine that the only reason they went out and won those matches was because of the kit man. The kit man was upset that we might not get into Lee 1 or even get to Wembley, and Nicky Adams and the squad just went, do you know what, fuck this. We're going to put in a performance and we're going to try our best to get there for him. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I can understand. Yeah. But if you're only going out to make the kit man happy, mm. is your Is your, job,
0: is your you manager. Be to... No, but is your manager doing the right job? If you're doing it for the kit man, which, you know, is fair enough because everyone there, everyone at the Cobblers loves the kit man. Do you know what I mean? He is yeah. hes the life and soul of the club. But if you're relying on that and not the manager to get you to Wembley or even get you promoted, then are you doing your job correctly as a manager?
1: Yeah, I can see that.
0: Like, but... I i kind of agree with you in one sense that we should have just sacked him at the end of... just before like the transfer window opened when, you know, when the Cobblers had got promoted. Because... You know, we got promoted through sheer dumb luck. It was because of coronavirus. They did an average of goals for, goals against, points to the amount of games that we played, and somehow yeah, we got point. through by yeah. one goal. Yeah,
1: we played the same amount of games as Port Vale, mm. but we had a bit of goal difference. Exactly,
0: certainly. but they did an average of points. But otherwise, I personally believe we never would have made it into the top seven. By no, the end you of the could season. you
1: could tell. Our form was dropping. Like The, the last game mm-hmm. we played in the league, we'd lost the man the 2 1 yeah. who were fighting relegation. Yeah.
0: So you could tell but that our form it just wasn't Our nice. form was dropping. Yeah. So we talk about um, sacking them at the end of the season. So we're talking about sackings. What about signings? So obviously in January, not January, fucking hell, I can't. <laughs> in the summer.
1: In the summer, yeah.
0: We obviously let go of most of our players Yeah. obviously there's the whole incident around Callum Morton who everyone at the club would have loved to have seen him back but we didn't because of a few I don't want to say backhanders but a few backhanders between Appleton and you know was it West Brom and yeah, Lincoln um, Yeah. and so you know Appleton had a big say in that and you know he wasn't allowed back at the cobbler's, which you know we don't have any control over that. But Charlie Good, okay. You look. At, do, do you think we should have sold him for as a first point?
1: Um, I can see why we sold him because of okay. the situation we're in. Yeah, but he's not get. He's not playing for Brentford.
0: No, not at all.
1: The Brent, the Brentford fans do not rate him at okay. all. So but I don't understand why Cole didn't try and bring him back mm. on load.
0: Okay. See I I have a thinking here. First one was he was by far, clearly, our best defender. Um obviously like you said he's not playing at Brentford. Which at the Cobblers he's almost guaranteed to get game time every single week.
1: Yeah.
0: And he's already had experience of being a captain for the Cobblers. You know? yeah that he was our best asset at the club at the time, you know he was the one that kept us going selling him would it have been a blow for the club definitely, without a doubt not having that type of player there at the club is definitely a massive blow. but for the money we got in for him, you've got to think about it you know if you know if we had used the money wisely that we got in for him and bought another player like him. You know, that we saw potential in because obviously Key and Bolger's not doing that. Bolger is absolutely dog shit. But it had Curl have used whatever money that we had from that sale. Obviously, he was sold for 1.5 million. But by the time it gets back to Curl, 500 grand, 750 grand tops that he'd have to play with after you've after paid off agents, scouts, this, that, and the other. Do you know what I mean? After you've yeah. paid off all that 750 grand to play with, who can you get in to replace that sort of player? I don't think can. I think, think he, he, can.
1: Didn't. Like, no, spending he didn't. made money because of obviously losing money every week with no fans. Yeah. I think that's the reason why.
0: Okay. Right. So there's. I, I want to. Let's go back to the transfer window just gone. Nicky Adams. Okay. Why, why did we let him go?
1: Let's be honest. How many games have you watched this season?
0: Not many. I've watched a couple, but I tried not to because of how shit the football is. To be so honest with you, I've, really, I've honestly, lost I've it.
1: watched every home game we played this mm. season. In the league.
0: But like, I've paid another tenner last night. Uh, last night, you know, to watch that dog shit. I watched. I paid a tenner the other week to watch that dog shit, and I'm I'm at the point now where what's the point? Why am I paying money when I'm just watching shit? You know.
1: So I'm gonna. This is my thing on Nicky Adams. This season, mm. no goals, but that's expected because he's playing wing mm. back. Exactly. How many assists has he got over the Cobblers in the last two seasons? His page was. It's what fifteen plus? Yeah. I think I'd read he has three assists this season.
0: Okay.
1: He wanted to move because he didn't want to play wing back. Okay. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to play wing back. Mm. He wants to play right right mid. It's understandable
0: though because he's a winger. He's not a wing back. He doesn't want to do the defensive work. He wants to get up the pitch, get the assists. You know, get balls into the box. That's his speciality. As we've seen him, over his two spells at the Cobblers, his speciality is whipping balls into the box. You know, he can't be asked for all that defensive bullshit. And with Keith Curl playing three at the back, you're going to have to have wing backs. It's as simple as that. If you're playing three at the back, you're going to have to have those players dropping back. But I reckon with the formation that Brady played last night, or yesterday, he could have fit into the squad. As a winger, who
1: are you going to take up? Lo, like? is it Martial or Hoskins?
0: Right. Okay. I would. I would keep them both. And I would. You I, personally, from my personal experience, I'd play a four-one-two-one-two.
1: Yeah.
0: But- because. Hoskins plays best as an attacking midfielder or in a striker role. He is not a fucking winger, and I don't know how many times I have to say this. Hoskins is not a fucking winger.
1: But you can I. What I saw yesterday is out on the wing. Mm. He drifted in a lot.
0: Yeah, because he's. I, told I you think this.
1: I think he's being told to drift in, Mm-mm. and in the midfield three, mm. Marshall comes in as a four, mm. so it's.
0: Basically four four two. But this is what I'd say: like playing a four one two one two, so four four two diamond formation, as some people would know it. You know, McWilliams yeah. would play as a great CDM. I personally believe. No,
1: no, no, no. I no, think no, he no.
0: would. He, he puts. He puts in some good challenges.
1: He needs to be in the. He needs to be more central. He can't be defensive.
0: No, I'm not saying be defensive. I'm just saying as a CDM so that he can yeah, drop yeah. back if he's needed, but we've also got the four at the back to cover him. Because if you think yeah, about it, we usually play three at the back, which never fucking worked.
1: The four at the back, the two centre-backs are such mm. shits. They can't <laughs> do nothing. So he'd that he'd basically playing centre-back. <laughs> That's what I'm saying.
0: Bolter okay, see... Oh, can't defend the shit.
1: Mm, mm, so well,
0: once
1: yeah. Ian's back,
0: yeah.
1: we cover back four, Mills left back, he also bites back. Mm. Mills, uh, not Mills. Um, what's his name? Sheen and Jones centre yeah. backs. I think that would be... work. Yeah. Put Mills as captain because he was captain at full screen. Yeah.
0: But and then then I I would personally think you could have Nicky Adams on one wing, Mark Marshall on the other, Hoskins as an attacking midfielder, and then you've still got you know those two strikers there.
1: No, what I'd do if I was going to play this formation, mm. I'd put okay Marshall and Adams. I can understand yeah. that. I'd put Hoskins up front with Danny Rose and have yeah. I'd, uh, I can see that. Watson, Watson or be yeah. behind him, or Morris and CDM and McWilliams behind him.
0: I don't trust that Morris at all, though. That's the thing. I don't trust him.
1: He doesn't look. He doesn't look bad, but then he doesn't look reliable. Like, yeah, like he he looks like he he looks solid but then he looks like he can make a mistake or two.
0: Yeah. I I think putting Watson in behind them would work, personally. But then I yeah. think putting McWilliams in behind him, like I said, he doesn't have to play defensively. McWilliams could even you know, What Watson and McWilliams could even fan out and create a four four two flat instead of the diamond. They could just turn round and play alongside each other.
1: That's what I was going to say. When we're defending, they can go as a four four yeah. two flat, and then one, either one, can attack. They could just one swap. Can yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, it's more dynamic. But I think that would work personally. But as it was proven, playing the three five two or whatever formation, 4-3-3
1: four, three, four, three, three yesterday. Yeah,
0: but whatever formation Keith Kerr was playing with three at the back wasn't working and does not work. Okay. So, we've talked about signings and tactics. That was my first thing on my list. I don't know if you've got anything you want to talk about, but I've got quite a bit here.
1: Um, I'm going to put in the signings we made. Yeah. Jonathan Mitchell. <laughs> okay. No experience.
0: Bolger. Yeah.
1: Experience at League One. Yeah. I can understand that. Horseball.
0: Mm. League Two. Yeah.
1: These are the players we signed in... in, in um. In the summer. Yeah. he came from Fleetwood. Mm-hmm. I can understand why. Yeah. Christopher Mistlew from Oldham.
0: Okay. Um, no
1: need, really.
0: Yeah, he's not really.
1: Ricky Corboa from Carshalton. Shelton. What's he done?
0: I mean, no. nothing really, has he?
1: Um, Benny Ashley Steele from, from Wolves.
0: Okay. done nothing really when he came here I was expecting good things from him not so was that. not because of the fact that he played for Wolves because obviously it wasn't obviously going to be the first team week in week out but I was expecting some sort of quality, quality there yeah exactly that that some sort of quality that would take the team forwards but then after watching the FA Cup game against Oxford City I'm kind of sat there Ashley Sealed. did Fuck all. Corboa did fuck all. Ashley Seal was like one of the tallest player on the pitches and he couldn't win anything in the air. It's like what's the point in having a tall player who can't win fuck all, especially as he's a striker? Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah.
0: It just doesn't make sense to me.
1: And then obviously the last one we playing was Danny Rose from Mansfield. Um, yeah. Proven goal scorer. Yep. I was happy with that. So was I. He scored five goals this season.
0: But you've also got to think about the team that he's got around him. Is he getting the service he needs? Is he getting the delivery?
1: That's what I was thinking to myself yesterday.
0: You know, and again, yesterday, I want to bring up Hoskins again. Because I I personally think... I, I love him. You know I love him. I personally think he doesn't deserve all the slating that he gets. Yes, he does play shit sometimes. But, again... You've got to think about the team that's around him. Yesterday, I was watching the game yesterday. And I've seen a couple of runs that he made. Which, in any other game, they they are brilliant runs that he made. But he didn't have the support around him. So he's there on his own. There was no centre-mids to pass it off to. There was no strikers to try and whip the ball into. And he was just sat on the touchline, you know, with the ball, trying to figure something out. He made a great darting run. He'd always get into these positions which are great positions, but he had no support. He had no one to pass it off to, so the only other option was to try and hold the ball until someone gets there. He lost the ball and everyone's slating him off.
1: See, yesterday I think we looked most threatening from Mark Marshall's crosses.
0: Yeah. Dead poor no, situation. No, I'm not I mean Mark Marshall played I personally think played his boots off yesterday. He was he was I don't... He was doing he more wasn't... than most people on that pitch.
1: Who would you? Who would you have gave my the match
0: to then? I don't know, because <laughs> I do know, because obviously they, at times they look very sloppy, but then for the first twenty twenty five minutes we were all over them, we were giving hell. We obviously scored a goal that was eventually disallowed.
1: Be at the crossbar.
0: Mm, exactly. But you know, I want to come on to John Brady. Ian Sampson, Mark Richards, Brady's own words he was only given two one hour sessions with the squad,
1: yeah,
0: and he's only had one game. I personally don't think it's fair to judge him on the game yesterday, considering he's only had two one hour sessions with the squad.
1: I'd say you've got the three
0: mm.
1: I would have put Ian Sampson as the caretaker manager and okay. have Brady as the manager.
0: Okay, I, I, you've got to think. Samson's had a stint here as the manager before, so he has the experience. But does did he want to take that job, having had the job before? Or would he have been more comfortable in the coaching role? That's what you got to think about. Because maybe he was offered the job before Brady. You don't know, but maybe he turned it down. You know. I personally yeah. think Richards is too young to become a caretaker manager. He needs more that's ex- what, he needs more I experience of managing first.
1: I think that's why he's a assistant. yeah
0: I personally I was talking to um, NTFC reports I think it was on Instagram and I was talking to him and I said, we come up with this little idea and you know it's obviously never going to happen but it, we were sat there and like, so why didn't why couldn't we have Brady as manager? Samson as assistant manager, Richards as the forward attacking coach, and Dave Buchanan as a defending coach. Four Cobblers legends, all know what the fuck they're talking about, all know what they're doing.
1: We're, obviously, we're gonna... like,
0: obviously, it's not gonna, it's not realistic, and it's not gonna happen. But if we could get that, that I think that would push the team in the right direction.
1: I don't think Buchanan would want to come here. Really? I don't think he would. I think where he lives is up north. Mm, is he going to want to sit down here every day?
0: No, probably not. But I think given the three that we have right now, there it's a good setup. Personally, I believe it's a good setup. Um, again, back to Facebook. I've had, I've seen people give explanations. You know, I've seen people slating them. You know. But when you're only given two, you've only had two hours with the squad in terms of training sessions, you know, what are you supposed to do with that? You're trying, to, you're trying to turn around a whole legacy of Keith Curl from League One, who's had done absolutely nothing and sent us to the relegation zone. You're trying to turn around a whole half a season in two days, three days. It's just not going to yeah. work give them time you know give them time because i watched brady's post-match interview this morning so did i okay and looking at that there's a couple of points i want to bring up why have they only had two one-hour training sessions i think there was a very important point i saw on facebook as a new manager why on earth has he not got them all in a room for a good five hours to go over all the problems. Why has there been no in-depth meeting? Why have they only had two one-hour training sessions?
1: They're back at Moulton. Mhm. They're back training at Moulton. Um, yeah. So, the pitch that they use. Yeah. Is the Astro. Yeah. I saw that. Obviously, I I I do train on that, mm. and it is probably the best pitch they have at Moulton. Yeah. So the club have that pitch. Okay. So that, they've got the best pitch there.
0: But my point is, why have they not had an in-depth meeting? Why have they only had two hours together to try and bond them before their next match?
1: It might be because they're only in, in charge. Like, they're not permanent, maybe.
0: Maybe, but surely if you're in charge of a team... You want them to do the best and you want your team to do the best. Like Brady said earlier on, he turned around and he said, look, I know I'm not a permanent manager at the Cobblers and I'm not signed as a manager. I'm only here on the temporary. However, you know, this is my squad. This is the way I w- I'm only doing a job to try and keep them up until the next manager comes in. And he said that. They were his words. Yeah judging by those words i personally don't think brady will be the next manager i think all three of those will go back to the youth setup and especially judging by his words uh, yesterday saying oh look you know i'm only here to keep the cobblers up until the next manager comes in or to try and do my best to keep the cobblers up until the next manager comes in which to me says he's not going to be the next manager so i wouldn't put your bets on him personally but it also says to me that he's trying his best you know he used the an acronym of wheels in motion he's trying to put the brakes on and send the wheels back in the right direction you know we were going completely down the wrong way you know he's trying to stop that and push us in the right direction which is not going to happen in two hours and one game you know so I'm just yeah. wondering why is he not being given more time with the squad? Considering he's the one in charge, no matter whether he's temporary or permanent, he's still in charge.
1: I mean, I'm guessing he will have all of this week. What, apart what, from Tuesday? Yeah, but that's what that's what
0: worries me. Is we've also got another game on Tuesday, which you know, how is the squad going, in, going to improve? Because they've obviously got to have a day off. So which would be today? Exactly, but how are they going to improve in one day? So Tuesday. Don't get your hopes up. We're probably not going to win either. We're not going to even get anywhere close to them.
1: I'm not expe- I'm, not ex- I'm not but, really expecting to never win this season.
0: But I'm not expecting anyone to slag off John Brady and co considering that they've only had two, two one-hour training sessions, a game, and obviously now they're going to have a break today, they're going to have another training session tomorrow, and a game on Tuesday. You know? It's not fair to judge them on that.
1: Yeah. I mean, we need. We do need. We do record these on Sunday yeah. now, if it make if it doesn't make sense. So, before, if you're getting a bit confused, we do record these on Sundays. Yeah, I forgot to mention so, that. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, as I literally said a second ago, I can't see yeah. us win, winning another game this season.
0: Okay. Um, do you think that it's worth giving Brady and that lot the time? Or do you think we should just get another manager in pronto?
1: I'd say give it, give it to Olympia a season with them. Yeah? Okay. What, so, man, what manager is going to come in and do something with that squad?
0: Exactly. But what I'm thinking is like, you've got to think about the pros and cons here. The pros and cons. The pros is in, in, is in giving them time, they might keep us up. Because most of them have worked with the first team squad before, even though they're from the academy, they've still worked with them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But if you give them till the end of the season we get relegated. If you bring in a new manager, the new manager hasn't doesn't have a fucking clue about the team that we've got here, okay? How will that influence tr- his signings in the transfer window? Because if you've got a manager that's had enough time to work with the squad, figure out his way of playing and then figure out where the problems are in the transfer window, He can make better signings and hopefully push the club on to get promoted again. But if we leave Brady in that lot in charge, and we then sign a new manager, he's not going to have the time or the experience with the current squad to make decent signings or to even hit targets because he doesn't know what the targets are yet.
1: See, I can. Let's say this is what if I was the chairman. Mm -hmm.
0: I'd
1: wait until the end of the season, keep him in charge. Okay. As soon as the season's over, yeah. if you've got a manager there yeah. waiting from the end of the season, mm-hmm. the players are gonna have time off. Yeah. As soon as they come back, have the new manager in.
0: Yeah.
1: If you got say you've got a manager there that say I don't really, say Port is there, he's mm-hmm. obviously got sacked from the rovers, yeah. but we're not gonna get him. No. But say have him in okay. now. To keep an eye on the squad and stuff. hmm Know what we know what he'd
0: have. Okay, so you're saying keep Brady and that lot in charge. But yeah. bring in the next potential manager so they can see what changes they'd make to the squad. Yeah. Just like to overview things and just sit that, in. That
1: that's only if they're not in a job
0: now. Okay. So you're so you're saying that Kelvin Thomas would go up to the next candidate and say, Look, we want you in the summer. We'll sign you in the summer. Obviously, their contract's not going to be over, so they're still getting paid, but they'll get paid, but we'll say, look, we'll sign you in the summer, we just want you to come and sit in on the training sessions, sit in on the matches, and see what you want to do with the squad.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. I mean, that could work. So you're saying, it's worth giving Brady and Co some time to get their sort of squad together, get their ideas together, and try and push us in the right direction, and hopefully, by some miracle keep us up which you know we're not we're not expecting that we know we're going to go down this season but if he does put off some miracle then you know do you think it'd be worth keeping them if we can stay up this season
1: maybe as backroom staff but okay. not with the youth as higher up
0: okay um that's i, I think if they keep us up i think it is worth keeping brady as the manager and Samo's as assistant manager, because if you can keep up our squad that we've got now, you've got to be given something back, surely.
1: Yeah, but then again, like a manager, if we bring in mm. a new manager that he keeps us up, they're gonna have more experience. True. And if you think a manager has a way of playing, so yeah. say if, say we did by bringing Tisdale, yeah. He'd have a way of playing, so he'd know okay. what players he'd want. So, to would, play you, that
0: way. would you send Brady back to the academy, or would you put him as an assistant manager, or would you just leave him, him as to be a coach?
1: I'd put him or Sammo as assistant manager. Okay.
0: I would say. I'd send, personally, I'd send back to the youth. I, th- I would say, personally, send Sammo and Richards back to the youth. Keep Brady as assistant manager, because if he's managed to keep us up, if you can put him as assistant manager and have him lined up again just in case this sort of shit happens again, at least then he's got a bit of experience in the first team front. Yeah. And then obviously Richards can work his way up from the academy. You know, he knows what he's doing. And, you know, he's got plenty of time in front of him to become a manager, plenty of time to work around whatever he wants to do. And obviously Mm -hmm. Ian Sampson's already been given a shot at manager. He probably doesn't want to be the cobbler's manager again, purely because of all the stress that he's going to have to be put through, you know? Yeah. The, the way you treated last time, you know, we went on a, a run of just drawing games and then we lost one and he was sacked, which personally I don't think was fair for him. Like, we lost one game and we drew about seven, which, you know, but then you look at the way Keith Curl was going and he was sacked much later than Samo was, and I just don't think it was fair. With Co,
1: he was... As soon as his job was near enough on the line, Mm. he'd get a result.
0: One result. That
1: is sheer luck Mm -hmm. that if you lost the game, he would have been gone. Yeah. But he somehow pulled a win. Okay. Or a draw out of absolutely nowhere. Yeah. So... So Is that him going, Mm. my job's on the line, play up?
0: (laughs) Yeah whipping them in the back room fucking work your arse off come on you that's what I was
1: think that's what yeah. I'm thinking like okay so I'll, it's, I don't understand mm. how we can draw to Atlington yeah. who are going into the playoffs yeah. and then lose to Wigan and Burton who are fighting relegation yeah I
0: don't, obviously exactly. Burton
1: Cole wasn't in charge but
0: yeah. okay but he's Cole's impact was still there it's still left over it's still raw um so obviously we're talking about maybe potentially sending them back to the youth squad do you think that maybe Brady and co should get some of the youth squad involved more involved like say Max Deich you know maybe some of the other youth team or the academy
1: Like put a bit of passion into it
0: do you think that is worth a go
1: I'd just put all the fucking youngsters out let's be honest (laughs) <laughs> put all
0: of them out. Okay. I would say obviously put oh, yeah,
1: they yeah ca- they can't be any worse.
0: I would genuinely say pick the best five from your team and then put the rest of the youth in. I know it's don't get me wrong, I know we're gonna struggle to pick five, but still you've gotta try and pick a bit of experience.
1: I know who I'd pick.
0: Hey. You know who? So, okay. Mills. Yep.
1: Rose. Yep. Hoskins,
0: yep
1: and McWilliams,
0: and I think you are bang on with that to be honest with you, then five, okay, whilst we're talking about this, I also want to talk about goalkeepers, so obviously, with Arnold out injured, Barry has had a few starts, not many, but he's had a few. who would you oh. put who would you put as your goalkeeper
1: um what if they will fit?
0: All fit. Mitchell, Arnold, or Barry. Arnold. Okay, because Arnold is coming closer to fitness. I put him in. You put him in. He obviously yep. he was on the bench yesterday, so he's obviously at that point now where he is getting that fitness back. So you would put Arnold over Mitchell. Yep. Okay. I, I seem that like, I think that's fair enough. I do. I genuinely think that's fair enough because. <laughs> I want to talk about yesterday's incident. If nobody knows, there was the referee deemed it as a back pass. But I want to go through my exact thoughts at that exact, exact moment. It came off his chin. Okay. On one side, it didn't look like a deliberate pass back. However, from a goalkeeper's perspective, as I was watching that match live... I managed to make a decision in my head quicker than Mitchell did. Okay? In that position, I saw the ball get flicked over, and as a goalkeeper, my split second decision was punch the fucker. That was my decision punch it. Because. Because you've
1: used your arms.
0: Yeah, but I didn't catch the fucker. <laughs> that, yeah. That's what I don't understand is how is that a back pass when you didn't catch it? My, my personal opinion was my first opinion was to punch it my second opinion would be to kick it because as soon as I saw that foot go up in the air and him touch the ball and it go towards the goalkeeper my immediate thought was back pass that was my immediate thought I turned to my brother and said look if he catches that it's going to be given as a back pass that was my but first thought
1: the ref didn't give the back pass until uh, the Burton, Burton players were moaning about it
0: yeah but the ref was a bit shit the ref would was so, shit yesterday, straight up. But
1: if they if they didn't make a big fuss about mm, it, would the ref gave it?
0: Probably not, because the ref was shit, and he would just give what whoever would scream the loudest. But my personal opinion, from being a goalkeeper, my first thought was that's going to be a back pass. You just can't risk it nowadays.
1: But if it's, it came off his shin, so it wouldn't have been a back pass anyway.
0: Well, no, but you can't see that when you're in the moment. You can't like if a referee sees his foot go up in the air and it goes towards the goalkeeper they're more likely going to give it and consider- that's, where, that's where the line, that's but, where the line yeah but in, considering so. the fact that we don't have VAR in League 1 and 2 football you can't determine you know until after the match and you've seen what had gone on live or unless you're sitting at home and you rewind it you can't really tell
1: but, but again I've just it's said a split, that's where the linesman but it's a split second decision
0: that they've got, both got to make you know,
1: I just think the linesman could have saw it. There was there was no view that he he had a view where he could see it perfectly.
0: Okay, I but that was my first thought. That was my first thought was it's going to be a back pass. And you know, after he caught it, the play, Burton players went. That's a back pass, and the referee went, "Yeah, that's a back pass." Which you know. I I saw it coming a mile off. I saw that decision coming a mile off based off the way the referee was deciding. Like the based off the referee's decisions, I saw that coming a mile off. And I I literally went that's going to be a back pass. Yeah. So what about Bolger? What, do you think he should be captain?
1: No, he shouldn't even be at the club.
0: <laughs> okay cuz some people seem to think that he played all right yesterday and some <laughs> some people who i personally agree with seem to think that he's absolute he's a donkey and can't do anything which i personally he, agree with he he's just he, a donkey
1: he's a non-league player at best
0: yeah i would say so okay so obviously the transfer window's over there are still free agents out there but Do you think survival is possible?
1: No, but I'd bring back Warburton.
0: So would I. That's that's what I'd do. Bring back Warburton because, you know, he he has a bit about him, you know. I was watching the Oval match the other day, you know. We have, obviously, Adam Smith's there now. Um, Warburton was playing that match. And... Warburton wasn't doing too bad you know he's creating chances and I think put, if you stuck him in there you know with McWilliams with Hoskins with whoever the fuck you want to put in with him I reckon he, he could create some nice combination play
1: that's the two at front would come in handy
0: mm. yeah
1: put him and Danny Rose at front
0: yeah I see that
1: that, that would come in handy and obviously Hoskins in behind
0: yeah. I just... I think Warburton coming back would be a massive boost for us, personally.
1: When, when he left, he was our best player.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: That comes down to Cole, either not liking him or thinks he need more, needs more experience.
0: Mm. This is down if to... If
1: he's our top goal scorer and our best player, <laughs> why does he need experience?
0: Yeah. If he was doing it, you know, if he was performing, which he was, what makes you think that he's not going to be good enough to do it in League 1? What makes you think that he's not going to be good enough to create those chances to help push us? Do you know what I mean?
2: Mm, Yeah.
0: And then why would you bring in the transfer window Edmondson, who did fuck all, still does fuck all?
1: With it, would you have sent Corbeau out on loan and kept Warburton?
0: Probably. I probably would have, yeah. Because... Because War- when Warburton went out on loan, I was kinda of sat there a bit surprised to be honest with you. I was genuinely surprised. I was sat there like but why? Why has he been sent out on loan when he's he is a good player, you know? I just didn't understand it.
1: Like Corboa has played at Car Shelton all his life, right? I this this shows how good they are. Yeah. I thought they were a team abroad. I didn't even I didn't know they were English. Really, I did not know they were an English team. So that shows how good they are. And he's come in. If Matt Warburton is performing in League One and Corbo is playing for a team I've never heard of in England, yeah. Who would you pick? That. That. I'd, I'd exactly.
0: Warburton. Some like this. Then comes down to questioning: What the fuck was he thinking? What was Keith Cole thinking? In all seriousness, what, what was his thought process in some of the signings he made and some of the outgoings? What was his thought? Boa,
1: he, he looked good in the trials, okay. but that doesn't get the contract all the time. No, Sammy Corbella's looked good in one of the trials, didn't get another one.
0: Yep, okay. But why would he send Warburton out online? What was his thinking with that?
1: We don't know. Maybe he doesn't like him. <laughs> Maybe he didn't fit into
0: the system. Right, this is the thing. This is the thing I can never understand. AD Boothroyd and Akinfenwa is another example. You will have a manager and a team player that will disagree. Almost definitely, in every squad you get, you will almost definitely have one manager and one player that will never agree with each other. But then you've got to think, where's the fucking professionalism? Like, we go back to Boothroyd and Akinfenwa. Uh, final, Wembley, okay. Yeah. He doesn't start Akinfenwa. For Akinfenwa to be one of our best strikers, for Clive Platt to be picked over him, you've got to start questioning why. Is it a personal vendetta against Akinfenwa, which he personally believed it was, which most of the fans personally believed it was, because Akinfenwa is a good player, you know, and. He proved that last season in League One. Akinfenwa could still do it at his age in League One.
1: I mean, did in the Championship.
0: Exactly. And why did Boothroyd pick Clive Platt over him? Most people haven't even heard of Clive Platt. You know? I'm not
1: surprised.
0: If it's a personal vendetta against Akinfenwa, where's the fucking professionalism? Surely you would pick your best squad to go out and do the best job possible, not go 3-0 down within 25 minutes.
1: Yeah, I can see that.
0: At least then, with Akinfenwa there, he would have put a bit of muscle in there, a bit of strength. Maybe won something in the air or something. We might have got a lucky goal, or he could have, you know, dropped back like he usually does, holds the ball up for players to run onto. Do you know what I mean?
1: I was gonna say, where do you think his best position is?
0: Akinfenwa, I'd say a cam.
1: Yeah, I'd say, I'd, yeah, like purely midfield, because I'd say midfield.
0: I would say a central attacking midfield because he likes to hold the ball up. He's got the strength to hold the ball up, which then opens up the midfield. You know, they can then run onto the balls, you know. As a striker, he, yeah, he can score goals, you know. And he does sometimes win stuff in the air. But he's being like the strength and the size he is. He's good at holding the ball up and playing it on for people to run onto, you know,
2: yeah,
0: which I think would make him the perfect cam because he can still shoot those goals if he wants to he's still within that sort of shooting range, but he he's also good at holding the ball up, but this is what I'm saying like do you think the players had a personal thing against Carl do you think yeah. I think, do you think um, I think some did do you think the squad as a whole thought do you know what? I can't be asked with this bullshit anymore. Fuck this, we're just going to deliberately play shit.
1: I think... Some might...
0: I've... Again, this is another one where I've seen Sam Hoskins' name crop up. You know, I've seen his name crop up and it's like, well, did he have a thing against Keith Cole? Because, obviously, being at the club for this is his seventh year, being at the club for that long surely he's got a bit of fire in his heart and a bit of passion for the club itself. Which, you know, if he can see it's going down the wrong road, would he have said no to the manager? Would he have pl- deliberately played shit purely for the fact that he loves the club and wants the manager gone?
1: OK, yeah, possibly.
0: You know, this is what you got to think about. Do you think... Like you said, you think that some of the team did have a thing against Curl because maybe of the style of play... Maybe because he wasn't going down the right tracks. Maybe because of some of the signings. I don't know. But, you know, you've got to think about that. Do you know what I mean? Because, obviously, the first 25 minutes of yesterday's game, we were playing well. We were putting them under pressure. And, like we said, we scored a goal that was ruled offside. So, the, it was there. The talent is there. You know, the you can see it's there. But... You know, but then you've got to go back to attitude. Brady said in his interview this morning again, the players are against each other. What, what does that say about you as a manager? I'm talking about Keith now because obviously Brady's only just come in and he's trying to fix all that shit. But what does yeah. that say about you as a manager when your team players are criticizing each other for every single little thing? That shows that you, as a manager, are fucking shit, and you criticize everyone else, and so they start criticizing.
1: That you could see it, um, like last season at games. Mm. Yeah, you never really, you never saw them yeah. moaning at each other or anything. Do like you like think that this also? Season.
0: Do you think that also had a reason of a reason why Nicky Adams left? Is because of all the negativity? Possibly. You know, because you know, for Brady. For his first post-match interview, for him to come out and say, look, the players are against each other, for him to say, like, be so outspoken about it, I think he has the making to be a great manager.
1: He's got fuck all to lose.
0: Well, yeah. But I I think, due to that post-match interview yesterday, he held himself with professionalism. He didn't bullshit us. He literally opened up the club and said, this is what the fuck's been going on for the past God knows how long. You know, yeah. Because, like you said, at times you could see that the players weren't getting on with each other. But did you really think it would be as bad as Brady said it was yesterday? You know, do you but, really think that all the players were, are just so negative and so criticizing each other? You know,
1: the, I've see, I've seen I've seen one game live this season. Yeah, and it's, it's exactly what Brady said yesterday.
0: Mm. Just criticizing like
1: in the game mm, right because like, so
0: go
1: on. I remember in the game yeah bulger was bulger was in the corner right yeah he had nowhere to go so okay. he, he, he went he went up for a throwing right yeah. horseball that game went up to him and said get it up the pitch but he had nowhere to go because the, I think it was Doncaster The got the Doncaster player was literally on his back and he did anything else
0: yeah
1: he would have lost possession
0: okay so like like so you look at some certain situations where a player will put a poor ball through for a striker let's say a central midfielder is putting a ball through for a striker that could send him through on goal if he hits that a bit too hard and it ends up getting to the keeper before it does the striker most strikers will turn around and give him a thumbs up or something like that to indicate that that was a good play. That was a good... What he had in his mind is what we want to do. Do you know what I mean? He wanted that ball through. He played the ball through. It was a bit hard, but he went, that's good, mate. That's what we want more of because the more balls through you get, the more chances you have of getting it right. But it seems that the Cobblers players, if that happened in that exact same scenario midfielder slots a ball through to the defender, uh, the attacker, sorry. The attacker doesn't get to it before the keeper, it looks like they're gonna turn around to him and be like, Why the fuck did you hit it so hard? Instead of like, yeah, that's what we want more of. Do you know what I mean?
1: I don't I think it's certain players that are moaning like I think it's the centre half Hmm. Uh, <laughs> I think
0: But what you've got to think is has the manager done this? Has the manager kind of turned them against themselves or has the manager got it into their heads that you know, you need to be thinking negatively. Because I think... personally, as a manager, no matter where I am a manager, whether it be Tesco's or a football club, if my employees... Because that's what they are. Footballers are employees of the manager. The manager can sack them. The manager can hire them, you know. They are the employees of the manager and the club, okay? As a manager, if my employees or my players are being negative i'm going to tell them to snap the fuck out of it otherwise they're not getting game time purely because you don't want the negativity in your club you need positivity even after you lose a match you need to sit there and think what have we done right what can we improve of like there's nothing wrong with criticism as long as it's constructive criticism but if you're criticizing purely just for the criticizing sake get the fuck out do you know what i mean yeah like it's all well and good looking back on the match and going well you're a bit out of position there maybe next time you could spread wide you know or putting ideas in there like this but when you're criticising for the sake of criticising you know everyone in a match is going to make mistakes you're always going to get mistakes but yeah, you know what I just don't understand how they go about it because there's constructive criticism, which is good. It helps build the team. But this seems to just be dragging the team down.
1: Do you think Cole did any video analysis?
0: I, I can't say, to be honest with you. Um, judging by the negative effects that, obviously, Brady was talking about at the club, I think he may have done some. Because otherwise, where would that negative criticism come from? You know? Poor
1: result, probably. Mm,
0: True. But then again, you've also got the fact of... If they didn't do the post-match analysis, and they didn't go video reviews and things like that, then maybe they were getting the negativity purely based off the poor result and then bringing it into the training ground. You know? Yeah. In that situation, as if I was the manager, I'd literally go right, get some boxing gloves on, if you don't like him, punch the shit out of him and then we get back to training, you know? As long as you're under my as long as you're on the training pitch or on the football pitch, you listen to me and you do what the fuck I say, you know? We're here to be positive, we're here to build on the negative results, you know? There's no point moping about, oh, we lost one nil. Fuck it. Get back on that training pitch, work better, do harder, and then we go out at the weekend and we go for the result. We grind for the result, no matter how hard it is. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And this reminds me, like, do you think Keith Curl had that sort of attitude of building his team up? Do you know like, do you know what attitude I mean? Like when you're trying to stir your team onto victory? Do you think he had that sort of attitude? The sort of attitude to turn around and be like, right, lads, we've had a negative result. Like, inspirational, per se, you know? To try and stir them on, get them really going, get them riled up, get them really passionate, go out there, get the fucking job done.
1: No, he didn't, really.
0: Because I personally believe that he didn't, and you need that sort of passion in a football club, you know? Like... (sighs) I'm going to come back to the season we won the league. The chips were down for us. We were, you know, pretty much bankrupt. And the players were playing. The staff were still doing their stuff without getting paid. And the passion was there from the players, from the fans, and most importantly, from the manager. You know, the passion was there from Chris Wilder, which he put into the players and arguably he put into the fans because you could see Chris Wilder still being positive about it. You could see Chris Wilder was being very passionate about it. You know? Yeah. And look what we went on to achieve. Everything was against us that season and we went and did pretty much the impossible.
1: I did see something um, and it was like, so this season, yeah, the players aren't good at all. The year we won the league, none of the players were. They were. They were. I'd say about the same level. Okay. The bonds that the squad had. Yeah,
0: that's important.
1: Made them better than what they were because Mm. they know if they try something, they know that's going to. Yeah. They know it's going to happen. Do
0: you know what I would um, refer that to? To make it simpler. I'd refer that to FIFA. Anyone who plays FIFA knows that if you have a squad on Ultimate Team, you need chemistry. You know? Yeah. And without the chemistry there, the players just don't seem to play as well. But if you have the chemistry there, they'll connect, they'll play better, and that's what it is. I think the team we have now just doesn't have the chemistry. It doesn't have the connection there. To kind of encourage each other as a team should do. I think someone needs to go in and remind them that they're a fucking team. They're not individual players. They're trying to play for Northampton Town Football Club, not I'm playing for Sam Hoskins or I'm playing for Sean McWilliams or I'm playing for Mitchell, do you know what I mean? They're not playing for themselves, they're playing for the fucking football club. And that's what they need to realise is that they're a team. Do you know what I mean? Yeah it's all well and good passing the ball to someone but you've also got to be there to pick it up or follow or support do you know what I mean there's no good passing the ball off and going oh well that's my job done then until the ball comes back to my area do you know what I mean you have to remind them that they are working as a team and they're supposed to be there to support each other so I think find a weak game where we don't have a game you know which is going to be hard now but Find a week where we don't have a game on the Tuesday, and literally, instead of going for that game on the Tuesday, take them to fucking laser tag. You know, take them fucking... Do some sort of team building exercise to realise that they can't do shit on their own. They have to work as a team, you know? See, I Find, find I... a high wall and get them to climb it. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like just little team building exercise that you can do on your own well not on your own but do you know what I mean like without any formal like yeah. like I said laser tag obviously that's out there but with Corona Teamwork. yeah something that will get them bonding as a team something that will yeah. show them that you know they are a fucking team and they can trust each other and they need to work together do you know what I mean it yeah. just, because what they've got at the minute it just isn't working even life. if it's like some like
1: I know it sounds childish but like Bringing like little simple, like building puzzle blocks, yeah, into training, maybe that could be something, but yeah, because it'll still be team like based, yeah. And I brought something up yesterday, okay. Do you think Peter Chioso is playing good so he can go back to Luton?
0: <laughs> I saw that post actually, I did, I did I see think, that post, but I, I think you've think got something there. I genuinely think well, you are think onto something.
1: Peter has realized fuck, this is awful. So, he could be be like, I'm going to play good so I can get out of this shit hole quick. I generally think that... that There is a point there. Like, because that's... The the other lone players, Michael Miller's only played one game. He played good. Edmundson is playing shit, so does that mean he's not showing passion because he doesn't like to be here? Um... So he wants to go back to.
0: Leeds. I I think it all comes down to the negativity in the squad, you know. I think with the negativity that's there, you've got to be thinking like, do you? If you're playing as a footballer, do you want to be in a squad that's negative, or do you want to be in a squad that may be losing games but is very positive and you probably you look like you're going to get results in the future?
1: Leeds United, where Edmundson comes from,
0: because <laughs> like. I can assure you now, if I was in that cobbler squad, I'd want to get the fuck out. I wouldn't be doing with the negativity. I'd want to be in a squad that's like, right lads, you know, we're going to win this. Do you know what I mean? We're going to get out there. Like, I, I appreciate that everyone wants a bit of game time, but you've also got to be thinking about the mental aspect of the game, which, having the negativity there just isn't fucking working, it isn't helping. So, yeah. that's what you got to th- think about. Like, I genuinely believe that you're onto something there. Maybe they are playing shit. Maybe they're playing good purely because they want to leave. You know?
1: See, I think the best, like, midfield partnership would be me and McWilliams. We've we'd got passion and we love a good crunch in the sack. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't, obviously, I know I'm not going to, like, I'm not going to get a call from Martin Kriegersen or come to the club. Do I mean like? But I, I mean, I'm a
0: free agent. I mean, so. I'll replace your goalkeeper if you want.
1: I mean, you can't be any worse, I, mean, I mean,
0: you won't have to pay me two hundred and fifty thousand pounds a week if you don't want to. I don't mind. You they, know, they if, can pay me two pounds fifty. If if you want to pay me say three hundred quid a week in a Fredo, more than happy to. <laughs> you know,
1: I mean, I do it free. This I mean, pandemic.
0: I've got, I've got to earn a living, but you know, so. If you can do me 500 quid a week, I'll be happy. I'm more than happy to sign for you, and I'll hopefully keep a clean sheet or two. That's if you don't put Boulder in defence, please. <laughs> I'm just... Um, so Obviously, we've talked about Sheehan, and that, that brings me on to the next topic of injuries. How do you think injuries has affected us? Because obviously, Arnold got injured, and that's why Mitchell's in goal. Then we had, obviously, Sheehan's injured. So, what? How do you think injuries has affected us? McWilliams was injured.
1: Mitchell, the the Arnold Mitchell situation, they were swapping and changing anyway.
0: Okay. So I don't think that Mitchell hasn't big. really performed.
1: Yeah, but that was Arnold then. Okay, I mean, what do you maybe, think
0: about? Maybe, what do you think about other injuries then? For example, Alan Sheehan. Sheehan, Sheehan
1: massive loss. Mm-hmm. I agree massive with you. With that one. The start of the season, Mills got injured, and I
0: think that was yep. a big loss
1: as well. Pollock's been out all season, yeah. So we can't. I mean, can't I really say to be honest. Get, I don't think he'd get in the squad anyway. McWilliams, no. I don't know. When he when he was out at the start of the season, yeah, we lacked the the bite. Mm. Going
0: that's to the be thing. To the bite, and that's the thing with McWilliams is because he's. Northampton town born and bred, he come up from the youth squad, you know, he was he's been at Northampton his entire career. He has got that passion, he has got that bit of bite about him, you know? And I think that's important.
1: It is. Um got injured, yeah. Again, not really a big loss, really. Mm. Um that's about it, isn't it,
0: So do you think you can blame injuries for the way we've performed this season?
1: Defensive possibly because of Sheehan I think we keep more clean sheets when Sheehan is in the team than out okay midfield early season possibly because obviously McWilliams wasn't in but as soon as McWilliams came in there was something there like his first came back he got sent off
0: (laughs) yeah I do remember that
1: but but that's because Mm. he had the bite hmm he was fresh. Um, so I, defensive, I could say yes because obviously Mills was out and Sheehan yeah. hasn't been here all season. But when he's been out, we haven't really looked.
0: Yeah, that's say
1: Defensively, yeah. Anywhere else, I don't think.
0: Yeah, that that makes sense. To be honest with you. Okay, um, so let's go back to Mitchell for a minute. Do you personally believe he made the right decision in picking up that ball?
2: Yeah.
0: Okay. So we've obviously outlined the fact that it come off his shin and not his foot. Um, You seem to personally believe that the linesman should have picked up on that. 100%. Because obviously, judging from the angle that the referee was, he might not have seen it was a foot or a shin. He might not have seen that. And having that split-second decision to make that decision is, is a bit hard. But...
1: That's where the lino comes in. Yeah. Because if you look at his body, mm. the lino can see... Straight down. The ball... Yeah. You can like, see down is, the line, can't you? Yeah. There's no obstruction there.
0: Yeah. Because of the way the like the ball... Because of the way he kicked it, it was square on with... Almost square on with the lino. It wasn't like his body was in the way. It was like you could see the outstretch From the linesman's position, you could see the outstretched leg. You could see the ball... It wasn't like the body was in the way of it. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, the linesman should have probably picked up on that.
1: I think a reason why the ref gave it is because the ball went closer to the the keeper than yeah. up. Yeah. If it had gone more up, I reckon... It was more directed the towards body... the
0: keeper, wasn't it? Instead of yeah. up. Which, like you said, you know, had the ball have gone up and dropped down and the keeper caught it, maybe not have been called as a back pass because it went up in the air, it wasn't actually directed towards the keeper, but because of the way the ball went and it just so happened to come towards the keeper instead of go up or anywhere else, maybe that probably had a say.
1: I think I think that that is one of the reasons. Yeah. And um, just that the ref was shit.
0: <laughs> the ref was shit, to be fair. And like, I know you might hear us say that quite a fair bit during the during the year, but like like we said before the fa refs are not really up to it at either standard but i think like i will admit when a ref has done a good job i will say oh that the the ref today was actually spot on but sometimes you do get refs that make dreadful decisions and then i mean like people see it as an excuse but it kind of is when when you've got such a shit ref when you got a I'm ref gonna... that, like yesterday there was a number of comments that was like, Well, the ref was just giving whatever whoever shout the loudest. Do you know what I mean?
2: Mm-hmm. Which makes yeah. sense
0: because some refs do that. Some refs just get into the game and can't be asked to make a decision and so just wait for someone to shout and then go, Yeah, you'll we'll give you that.
1: It's not even like you could say, Oh, you just you lost it's an excuse, but he wasn't good for any team. He gave three kicks to us that weren't three kicks. He gave throw-ins that weren't really our, weren't our ball.
0: Yeah. I saw that. So <laughs> I did see that. It's
1: not, it's not down to us being... Mm. Say, you know, people say, oh, you're salty, you're lost. Yeah. The ref was awful for them as well as us. Yeah,
0: he was just a shit ref. It, he, he was awful. Like, he wasn't awful towards us. He wasn't awful towards them. He was just a shit ref in general. Um... And yeah, we were a shit team yesterday. We didn't deserve to win at all. Um, You know, the first 20-25 minutes we did were really good, but that's only a quarter of a match. That's only a quarter of, you know... So no, we didn't deserve to win at all. So do you think Brady and that lot could get the wheels in motion to try and keep us up? Do you think they could start us along that sort of road? With the squad that we have?
1: I'm still going to say no. And
0: what about free transfers? Is there anyone that you'd want to bring in free transfer? Is there Ricky anyone you'd I'm Yeah?
1: He's a free agent. He's, he's training at Grimsby, I think they said.
0: Yeah. So, so you bring him back. Would yeah. it be the uh, play-by-contract, you know, for the games yeah. he plays?
1: I think that'd be the best thing to do.
0: Instead of giving him a fixed contract, it'll just be game-by-game.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. Anyone else you you've picked up on?
1: Not off the top. Of, I don't even know he's a free agent.
0: <laughs> okay, that's fair enough. And like, like you said, you'd want to bring Warburton back. Like, yeah. Recall his loan. So. Yeah. I think you know. See, I think if we could get Ricky Holmes back in and fit again, and bring Warburton back, we might have a chance. You know, especially if Sheen comes back sooner rather than later.
1: There's a reason why Holmes won't come back, though. I think why? And that's because Nacho's gone.
0: Yeah,
1: I think that might be why. Because him and Nacho, obviously,
0: yeah.
1: Nacho knows him well, and obviously he he nursed the injury yeah. when he was here. Yeah, that's true. Now he's going to a championship club. Will no. Will Holmes want to come back? I Probably don't think not. He will.
0: No. no, that's fair enough. To be honest with you, I mean. When I saw he'd gone to a a, pre, a championship club, and I was like, "Do you know what? Fair play to the guy. He's a good physio. You know, he, he is good at what he does. So he could
1: he could physio Premier League level, Oh, definitely.
0: He, he's a really good physio, and he has fair he has done his fair share for the club. So I think, do you know what? That's fair enough. Do you know what I mean?
1: He came in when Wilder. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm surprised he didn't go with Wilder to
0: Sheffield United. Mm. Uh, but he, he he's a good physio, he has done his fair share for the club and you know, we've now got the Academy physio in and we're a bit we're a bit down shit creek without a paddle really, aren't we? Yeah.
1: We've been sent but down okay. on this
0: road by Keith Curl and now we've got, you know, all 101 problems to deal with.
1: I think the best thing to do is to go down and rebuild and come... I think not, Maybe not straight back up, mm. but... I think you've got a point yeah, there. Have, have a season to steady the ship in League 2 and then yeah. once again go for promotion.
0: I think you're all right. I think the best thing for us now, if we stayed up, I mean, there's a bit more money in it, but not a lot. And to be honest, I think we'll struggle to stay in League 1 next year. So I think... Go back to League Two, where we're more accustomed. Steady the ship. You know, if we get the players in, we could possibly go for promotion again, but I don't think that's, that's likely. So I think, yeah, spend a season in League Two. Get your team together so you've got three transfer windows. You know, you'll have the summer this year, then you'll have January, then you'll have the summer next year. And hopefully, in those three transfer windows, you can build a squad from that to push us on to promotion from League Two.
1: Like, as much as I would want us to, like, go up first time, I don't think it's sensible.
0: No, not at all. No, it's not worth it. It's not worth it, to be honest.
1: If you you look at it, Mm. teams that say they're going to go straight back up, so um, Bolton. Yeah. They're struggling. Bradford Mm -hmm. said they were going to go straight back up. They finished outside the playoffs, and now they're struggling.
0: Yeah.
1: There's teams that go, Tranmere.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. You want to sit there and study the ship before you make any harsh decisions, really, don't you? Yeah. So, (laughs) we've been talking about this for about an hour now, so is there anything else you want to add before we move on to the next segment? No. Okay, so what is... I'm going to say the last thing, because we're now at, like, an hour and 35 minutes, so what is, like, Uh, the last thing on our list to check off before we... uh,
1: um. So this is coming out Wednesday. Yep. Is there Premier League games on Wednesday?
0: I'm not sure about that one, but I, th- I know, think if if there is Premier League games on Wednesday, we'll just add them into the next podcast. And I uh, think you lot can listen to ever. us. So yeah, we'll we'll add that into the next podcast.
1: Um.
0: So let's just go to the next segment that you've got.
1: I mean that's it pretty much. <laughs> like that's what I've got.
0: Okay. So you uh, another
1: thing that I remembered that you said about mm. um, players and managers like not yeah. agreeing. Do you think? Because you know Bale went back to Tottenham. Yeah. Do you think that like, me and my dad were talking about this yesterday? Okay. Mourinho doesn't play him. So do do you think yeah. Mourinho didn't want to bring him in, and that it was the chairman's like idea to bring him back?
0: Yeah. I I do agree with that. Like I think obviously cuz Bale had played at Tottenham before there were the connections there. Um, yeah. Obviously we know that he wasn't getting on at Real Madrid at all. You know, and he was being paid to play golf, <laughs> you know. And he's come back to Tottenham. And you know, it's I don't know. You've got to think about if he, is there a reason he's not getting played like a legitimate reason
1: that's why like you could have said at the start of the season match fitness
0: yeah but yeah, it doesn't that's take half the season to get no. match fit not at all
1: so this um, is what me and my dad are thinking is it he doesn't he has been brought Mourinho, on a sub
0: once or twice <laughs> but
1: he, he came on yesterday against City and he looked yeah. good
0: I don't I don't like, think Mourinho has him in his plans to be honest with you
1: yeah, I don't
0: like. Uh, How long has I mean, Mourinho been at Tottenham now?
1: Um, I think this is his first full season. Okay.
0: Okay, so he's only there for another two years then, because you know he always leaves after three seasons.
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, it's Um
0: yeah, I don't think he's got him in his plans. I think come no, the transfer he... window this year, I think he'll get rid of him.
1: Yeah, I mean, and he'll I go think, back to
0: Madrid, I don't think he will. I think he'll stay in England. I no, think, that's
1: what I'm saying, like, because he's only here online, he'll go back to Madrid. Oh,
0: yeah. But I think he'll come back yeah. to England.
1: But where is he going to go? Because I don't think he'd want to go anywhere but Tottenham.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I I don't know. Obviously, he might not want to go South London, or even any London clubs, because, you know, they're a bit close. But I, I think he'd probably... Work in, work his way in somewhere.
1: A good shout would be going back to Southampton.
0: Yeah, I reckon that's That'd a good be idea. A
1: good shout because because then you, Liverpool yeah, can buy him. <laughs> you've got you've got Danny Ings that's banging in yeah. goals left, right, and centre. Yeah. If you've got Bale up front with him, yeah, the amount of time that front two would have, yeah. You've got, to think, one of them's played for Liverpool. Yeah. One of them's played and won multiple Champions Leagues. Mm-hmm. The talent it, would be unreal. Yeah,
0: definitely. definitely. It's
1: just the fact that. Um, <laughs> the thing is that he'd best, have to he'd player. have
0: to pay a pay cut, wouldn't he? He'd have to yeah. look at his realistically. His wage will go down a lot. So, yeah, but I mean,
1: I don't know. But it's the same with um. Deli Alli and
0: Mavinho. Mm, Yeah, true.
1: I don't think Mavinho likes Deli Alli at all. Not at
0: all. Not at all.
1: I think every club Mavinho's been at in England has a problem with someone.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But most managers will have a problem with someone. Do you know what I mean? That's just how it works.
1: At United, it was Paul Cogba.
0: Yeah.
1: Tottenham, Deli Alley. Yeah. Chelsea. I don't even know who was
0: at Chelsea. (laughs)
1: But yeah, he, he, he probably he probably mm. had a problem with someone. Oh yeah, without a doubt. Um, I just had another thing in mind, but I can't remember what it was. <laughs> oh, I do remember. Yeah. Um. So obviously, Premier League. Mm-hmm. Um. Near enough everyone in England knows the Premier League. Yeah. Who would you say will go top three?
0: Oh God. The top okay. three.
1: Yeah. Three kick takers are.
0: Oh, so go from. Okay.
1: I've got two in mind. We'll um, go from third, third, and second, and third.
0: Okay, I'm not prepared for this at all.
1: Neither am I. So I have two.
0: I would. So we're actually ranking them first, second, and third. We're not just saying the top three. We're actually ranking them. Yeah. Oh God. I can only really think of one, to be honest. That recently that I've noticed, there's only one that I can think of, but I'm pretty sure why there's loads my, of them. But I have my top three? I don't, I don't know. I don't really watch Premier League football that much. I know, like, I don't know. I have one, and that's James Ward-Prowse. Now, who, who is
1: James Ward-Prowse? Yeah. Okay. In third, mm-hmm. I'll put Trent Alexander-Arnold.
0: Okay, yeah. I see that.
1: Second... Mm-hmm the one that you said, James Wood Trouse. Yep. And first... He scored a
0: banging free kick the other week.
1: The <laughs> first place... Yep. Kevin De Bruyne.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: That is my mm. top three.
0: I mean, I can't really complain at that. That That's very... I mean, I, I agree with that, to be honest with you.
1: You could maybe swap them around.
0: Yeah. But they're definitely the top but, three.
1: My like now, De Bruyne mm. free kicks on another level. Yeah, Ward Prowse. If you score in thirty yards, <laughs> free kicks.
0: Yeah, Ward Prowse is a free kick. Arnold, kick isn't he he's a free kick specialist.
1: He is. I reckon James Ward should. I don't think he would no. because of the other time, but I think he should be in England squad.
0: Oh yeah, I think he should. But then, um, but then you've also got to think about it. Like if he went to the England squad. Having those players around him, do you think he'll perform better and maybe move on to a bigger club?
1: I don't think he'd want to
0: move to a bigger club. Okay. That's fair enough. I'm just saying like if he had the players around him, do you think he'd perform 10 times better than he does at Southampton? I think he would
1: because obviously the talent is there, mm-hmm. so he doesn't have to folk focus- he doesn't have to rely on himself yeah. as much in the midfield. Do you think other players.
0: But do you think he'll be able to like is it Dependable to have him in the squad purely just for free kicks. No,
1: because that's the that's game pro- that's part of the reason. Man-, Man City game yesterday. Mm. Um, Kane. Yeah, made the crossbar with a free kick. Yeah, you've got Alexander Arnold in there. You've got James yeah. Madison who can take free kicks. But I'm
0: just. But like, you know, is it worth just having him there for the free kicks, or you know, because like, what can he bring to open play? Because Obviously, not the game's not based off free kicks. The game is based off open play.
1: That's what I was saying. I don't, that's what I just said a, a second ago. I don't think yeah. you, you might not have heard it, but I don't think he'd get in. No. Because of the other players that are in the squad.
0: Yeah. I, I reckon <laughs> if you could rely on him to pull out a free kick like Kieran Trippier did at, at the World Cup, if you can rely on him to yeah. pull on that sort of free kick every time a free kick is given... It might be worth having him there. But I. Uh, and considering the fact that he's he might be able to perform in open play with the better players around him. Yeah. But realistically, do you want to take that chance? Probably not, no. Yeah. Not uh,
1: so I, was, that, that, I did say I don't think he would gain no. because of the talent.
0: But... It's not worth it. Is there anything else you want to add? Any more topics you want to talk about before. Yeah. Um,
1: I have one thing that I... It's, it's okay. literally going to take two, three minutes maximum. Go for it. Yesterday on the Instagram, I did see something that... Um, no, it was on TikTok. Okay. Um, So this young Aston Villa fan, who was a teenager, and unfortunately she died in a car crash. Okay. Um, her, Obviously, being a Villa fan, um, her favourite player was Jack Grealish, as most Villa fans yeah. are. Um, my respect for Grealish went up because he, um, obviously he found out about it and he's paid for the girl's whole funeral.
0: Oh, bless him. I mean, you know, I I never liked Grealish. I don't, I've always not liked him, but I mean, my respect for him for that. Yeah. That's, that's fair enough. Like. What people need to realize is just because they don't rate them as a player doesn't mean they're not a good person. Do you know what yeah. I mean? And that's the oh, vice versa as well. They might be a shit. They might be a shit person, but a great player. You know.
1: Yeah.
0: And that's what people need to realize. That's what I go off. Like, I would rather be around someone whose personality is really good than someone whose personality shit. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so obviously, I saw that yesterday. Because yeah. obviously, I don't like him as a player because of how easy he goes down. Yeah, same here. But, if you're going to you know, if you're gonna but, pay for probably yeah. a massive fan, if you're going to pay <laughs> for their, for their, like their mm. funeral, then mm. you know, you, you've got to give respect. And I spec, mean, but... like,
0: it's not like funerals are cheap either. It's going to be a couple of grand, you know? Exactly. <laughs> like, almost 10 grand, maybe. And if he and can take that out of his
1: pocket just hmm. to pay for it all them. exactly yeah. you know like you, you,
0: you, <laughs> it's funny because you have some football players arguing over parking fines that are a couple hundred quid yeah and there's him like yeah i'll pay up seven to ten grand for a funeral because you know which you know that's fair play like, i don't yeah. like his style of football at all i don't like the fact that he goes down easy but you can't take that away from a person you can't take make that take you away from a person because he, he yeah. you know he probably is a really nice lad and and obviously he's proved that here you know that's fair enough that's fair play to yeah that.
1: obviously there's also the other things like yeah. you know um, Rashford with the with the free yeah. school Mills and stuff Jermaine Defoe um, yeah Defoe with all the bloody Lowry stuff um, Mane building school is yeah. in um, Senegal that's it yeah yeah where he was um, brought up and stuff exactly
0: so. I mean, you know, you get some players that you probably won't agree with. And this is what I don't understand about some fans is, like, when they see that someone's done a good thing, like, they take it away from them, like, they still think they're shit. And it's like, well, no. Like, when Rashford was handing out those free school meals, I was like, he plays for Man United. I don't like him, but fair play to the lad, you know. If he's doing that to support people in our country, then that's fair enough. You've earned my respect. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas yeah. I know a couple of Man United fans when they found out about like mane building hospitals, building schools in his home country of Senegal, and they're sat there like about just chatting shit about how much how much he makes and how he doesn't deserve to make that much. And I'm sat there like, he's doing good in the world. You know, he's trying to help turn a third world country into something that it's never experienced before. You know, yeah. purely off of his pay packet, at least he's doing something good with it. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. I can't really complain. Yeah. Even if I hate the player, yeah. it just doesn't mean, mean, like, doesn't make me hate the man. Do you know what I mean? I don't. Yeah. I might hate the player, but off the pitch, you've earned my respect. That's fair enough, you know?
1: Yeah. I just thought I'd bring that up because I remember yeah. seeing it and that's I, I, I wanted to get your view on it. Like uh, I, yeah. like, like I, knew, I said, I, you know. I knew. You, You'd um, yeah. I know you'd be great—not not gracious, but I know
0: you'd yeah. you'd agree with it. I mean, so. like, like I said, on the football pitch, I could give you all the abuse in the world because that's just football. You know, that's the world yeah. of football. I might think you're a shit player, but off the pitch, if you come up to me and say, you know, if I come up, to, I might even come up to you, but if we like meet in passing, I will respect you and I'll I will praise you for what you've done. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like I said. Jermaine Defoe like you said Mane Grealish, Rashford like yeah. I don't always agree with the fact the way their style of football and I don't think they're particularly good footballers at times but yeah. that doesn't mean that if I see them in the street that I'm not going to praise them for what they've done doesn't mean yeah. that I'm going to degrade them as a person because that they don't deserve that you know yeah, like yeah, I might call them a shit footballer from the stands, but when we're out on the street, fair enough, mate. I will take my hat off to you. You're you're a great person, you know. You're a great man. Yeah. So yeah,
1: I just that's, that's, that's that just up, fair enough. Yeah, and so, that's it. Really, that
0: I've got. <laughs> I think that's that will uh, wrap up today's podcast. So, like we said, we have Instagram. Please go check that out uh, if you're listening on spotify don't forget to follow the stream you know we bring episodes out every wednesday sometimes like l- last week we had a special episode on the saturday you never know we might add one or two in there follow our instagram to keep up to date with everything uh spotify anchor we're now on apple Podcasts as well if you haven't heard so if you want to go over to apple Podcasts and you prefer to listen on there feel free if you want to drop us messages maybe tell us what we're doing wrong <laughs> maybe you want to come on the show maybe you want you, us to come on yours you know let us know we're more than happy to
1: we are um i mean i banged this up earlier yeah um me and josh have always said on the instagram that the, the pictures are always just like yeah um just just letting you know that the new podcast is out they're a bit boring so an idea of, yeah pretty much boring so i'll yep. come up with an idea of just like putting little fact files of us
0: hmm. up and um, we want to you know. come up with new instagram posts that will make you want to head over to the instagram and like it and comment you know so if anyone has any ideas what we could post up there i was thinking of posting my setup and like jack said we can post little fact files about ourselves like little emojis with a bit of facts beh- beside us maybe post some of our interests if you like you know we just want to bulk it up and give you what you want to see and so yeah, we hope that that can come into fruition very soon, and um, we hope that you go over there and follow us. Um, you know, we we me and Jack are doing little shout outs, so if you go and follow us, we will shout you out on. I think we'll shout you out on our personal as well as our podcast one as well. So if you yeah. if you're one of the first five people of the week to follow the Perfect Podcast on. Instagram is at the perfect podcast official. The week starts on Wednesday because that's when we bring ours out. So, no, the week starts on Thursday, the day after, sorry. So, if you're one of the first 5 people from the Thursday through to the Wednesday, then you'll get a shout out on our both our public and our personal pro, uh, Instagram accounts. So, I really hope to see you over there and I hope that you're one of the first 5 people. And I think we might do some extra Um, shout outs and things like that for people that share our profile and send us proof and things like that, we just want to get the word out, if you think people might enjoy the podcast, let them know share the podcast, you know, straight from Spotify if you like to your Instagram Snapchat, get us out there we also have a buy me a coffee which is a bit like Patreon, you can go over there and support us Um, you won't have any fees to pay apart from how much you want to donate to us which is, you know, fair enough and hopefully we can keep these podcasts going for you and with the money that we raise from that we can hopefully buy Jack a little setup so that he sounds a bit better and um help us to really grow the podcast and give you what you really want to see so is there any final words you want to add in
1: um anything I've no, forgotten um <laughs> no not really um maybe yeah you know we are about um doing like challenges yeah we could maybe make a TikTok for
0: it. Yeah. Okay.
1: No, we could we could maybe make a TikTok for that. And do the challenges on there.
0: Yeah. That that sounds good. So that might even happen in the next couple of weeks or so. So, you know, keep an eye out. And remember, always come back to the podcast for extra little surprises. <laughs> and like we said, if you wanna send us in some challenges, we could do a TikTok and do our challenges on there. Maybe even a YouTube. You never know. But we'd like to thank you all for listening, and if you made it this far, God knows what made you stay, and God knows why you're still here. So, we hope that you all have a good week, and we'll hopefully see you next week. Yeah? Yeah. I think that will wrap up today's podcast, so thank you everyone for listening. Don't forget to check out the Instagram, the Buy Me A Coffee. The links will be in the description for this podcast, and uh, we'll hope to see you next week.